Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to your go-to Detroit Pistons podcast, The Pistons Pulse, co-hosted by me, Bryce Simon of Motor City Hoops and Detroit Bad Boys, a former D1 Hooper, current high school coach, teacher, husband, and father of three amazing kids. And I'm Omari Sanko for the second Pistons beat writer for the Detroit Free Press, unmarried, zero kids. (laughs) You're still selling yourself short, Omari. Like, you haven't even said Michigan State graduate yet. Everybody's just begging you. Voice of an angel. You have all of these things that you could say. I think voice of an angel is overselling it a little bit. Uh, Michigan State grad, music lover. Uh, food lover, peanut butter and lace chip, uh, <laughs> lukewarm, luke, lukewarm one, because I still feel like just reading comments online, people think I'm the Lay's and peanut butter uh, sandwich guy. So I got to put my foot down a little bit. Yeah, you are the advocate for the peanut butter and Lay's potato <laughs> chip sandwich. That, that has become your thing, whether you like it or not. I just see the upside. Like you see the upside of a lot of stuff that doesn't pan out, you know, but I just see the upside. My wife is bringing me home Chipotle today. I just sent her my order and she like shamed me for all the stuff I wanted on my Chipotle burrito. So like people got to feel bad for me here. I work out. My wife makes me feel bad for working out too much. I put together this huge Chipotle order. She's making me feel bad. Like she's sending me the guilt treatment all the time. Well, it just depends on what your order is. Like you you can't, like you can't say she guilted you and then not drop the order. So what's the order? Burrito. Okay. White rice. No, no beans. Chicken, uh-huh. bur- chicken, okay. and then tomato salsa, corn salsa, lettuce, cheese, sour cream, guacamole. Sounds sounds normal. Like that, I, that's I, what I'm saying. Yeah, like I would get beans on mine, but I wouldn't say you need beans beyond that. Yeah, it sounds pretty straightforward. Like, what was the like? What was the specific thing she had an issue with? Well, like, because it? when I sent her the text, I sent it line by line, like it said burrito, and then the next line said white rice. So it like took up our entire text, like it the whole screen. I'm gonna tweet it out later so I can get some sympathy from the the Twitterverse. But um, it just looked like a huge order because I put it one line with each item. Well, I was really hoping to side with Brady, but that is a very regular order, <laughs> so it's very unfortunate. I appreciate it. Amari, <laughs> we, we have been promising that we would get Wes on the podcast. And today is the day, episode 26. Guys, Wes will join us for the entire episode. We are going to do a draft. We are going to take the current Pistons roster, and we are going to draft the best team we can for 2025. And then we're also going to play Sheet or Sham at the end, which is your guys' favorite game. So, Amari, we deliver on our promise. Wes is joining us. What's up, Wes? Let's let the, we found you out here before, but let's let the people hear your voice because it's probably been a couple months. Since they my Chipotle order, I'd actually do all the salsas and then everything else that you did. So mine would be larger of a list. Every okay. single salsa? Yeah, you get the, the tomato, the hot, and then the, the green one, right? As well as the corn. How structurally sound is that burrito? Like, does it, does it <laughs> hold it up when you pick it up or is it just like this big sloppy mess? Oh, no. Nope, nope. You got to keep the tinfoil on it. Otherwise, it's going everywhere. 
So the yeah. first time I went to Chipotle, I didn't know that about the tinfoil. And I was furious. I was like, I-, I can't even eat this burrito. It's just like, and I know some people just get it in the bowl anyway, but I just have someone tell me, no, you just slowly undo the tin as you, you know, as you eat. And so uh, it-, it went much better after I learned that little trick that apparently everybody else in the world knew. I'm surprised you have some, some Chipotle down there based on the revelations from last week's episode. So, you know, <laughs> no, I'll give you a little slack. No, no, she's in Wichita, three and a half hours away. Oh, okay. that, that's why this is such I'm a like, a, this is such a big deal is because we're actually getting Chipotle today. So, all right, guys, we are doing a draft today. We will go in serpentine or snake order. So I'm about to do the spinner, figure out who has the first pick, second pick, third pick, and then the order will reverse. We're going to pick our five players, I guess you can say it's starting lineup, and it is to win a game in 2025. So it's not a win now, but it's not a win 10 years from now. It's, it's three years from now. We're going to try to assemble the best team we each can. There are 19 players currently on the roster. We all agreed that Kimball Walker is going to be waived, not a part of this organization. So we're clicking from the other 18 members of the Pistons right now, the 16 on the roster, and then the two two-way guys in Braxton Key and Buddy Beheim. Omari West, we all good with all of that? We're all good. And uh, just for a little background, Absolutely. we had some debate. Uh, we had a little, little debate before we started the pod on how to do it uh, in the way that's fair to the roster. Um, we said, well, should we do win now? And it was like, well, we can't do win now. We haven't seen Ivy and Durham play an actual game yet. So I think three years down the road allows us to debate a little bit how these players could end up, uh, which, you know, I know the core sports is debating things. We can't prove it's what happens. So it uh, should be a fun episode. And I did the random name picker while you guys were talking right there. And yours truly got the number one pick. So I will be picking first. That will be a tough selection. I'm going to go ahead and spin it to see who gets the second pick. And the second pick will be Omari. So Omari, you will get the second pick. Wes, you will pick third. And then you will also have the first pick of the second round. So the order here will be me, then Omari, then Wes, and then we'll reverse it for the second round, reverse it again, so on and so forth. Everybody all on deck. We know where we're going. We know the order. Everybody good? Yeah. I think you got it backwards. I should be first. You should be last. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, uh, the fact that Bryce has the spinner and also got the first pick uh, seems to be an inherent flaw to this exercise because we have to take Bryce's word for it. But that's okay. You, you guys can question my it's integrity. against us now. Good. Good. You, you, Wes, you told me I could be the one that did the random name picker. So I'm not worried about it. I'm not going to waste people's time. I have my tiers. There is only one person in tier one on my list of my big board for this Detroit Pistons roster. I will select the young face of the franchise, Kate Cunningham, with the number one pick. That's not shocking at all. Uh, the other thing is that the Pistons only really have, like if they still had Jeremy Grant, I feel like there'd be a little bit more like, okay, like now we can at least have two guys who are proven top 50 guys in the NBA. Um, that's probably going to spark debate on if Jeremy Grant's top 50, but uh, general, general guess, you have two guys who could put the ball in the hoop. So yeah, K number one certainly makes sense. I have the number two pick, so I am going to go with an upside play because you basically have to here. Uh oh, uh oh, this is gonna go somewhere that I didn't think it was gonna go. I'm excited. I think it's probably what you expect, honestly. J- Jaden Ivy. Uh, that was just, not what I expected. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go Ivy because I think if we we're projecting all these players three years down the road, like who's the most likely to be that uh kind of go-to scoring type and i'm gonna go with ivy like i just think just being an on-ball guy uh probably makes the ceiling higher than maybe you would have went to dig number two which i think is also fair and i would guess he's probably gonna go number three but 
Uh, I just think Ivy's upside is probably the highest on the, the team next to Kate. I will be honest. I put my big board together the other day whenever we were thought we may take this a different direction. So changing this to winning in 2025 definitely could have, you know, changed my big board order just a little bit. Wes and I were talking, I think we both thought Wes and, and I'll let you pick now. I think we both thought Sadiq Bay was definitely going to be number two. You said, man, it sucks for whoever gets the number three pick, which is where you're going to end up. And I, I think you're pretty happy right now. I feel like the Pistons on draft night with Ivy falling to them at five. So I, I get to pick Sadiq Bay at three, and then I go back to back, right? You will, yes. So, so Sadiq Bay yeah. would, would round out the first round. That's how I'm taking. I, I mean, you have to take Sadiq, right? He's the only real good scorer, I guess, guy that has that kind of upside left on, on the roster. So definitely going to take him. And then I think I want to score since we're, we're looking at just a five-man roster. So I'll go Bagley. Uh, four. Give me so, some buckets with Sadiq and Bagley. Quick recap here. While Amari is on the board, I took Cade one, Omari Jaden Ivy two, with maybe a little bit of an early surprise. I'm interested to see what the listeners think about that. Wes gets his back-to-back picks of Sadiq Bay and Marvin Bagley the third. We are in the second round. Omari, you are up. Yeah, I was going to go Bagley um, if he was still there. So this is tough because I think what you're doing – three years from now. So uh, maybe you get some creative liberty in how you project these guys will develop, but this is tough because there's like a number of ways I could go. And I think there's probably no wrong answer here. Uh, I'm tempted to go uh, Duran because I think Duran year three will, you know what? Okay. I'm just going to go Duran. Like okay. we're, 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 we're going all upside. I think just vertical lap threat. Like I think it's passing will be a lot better than even if he's not quite bam level. I think I'm going Duran here. I mean, Duran, the, to uh, 2022 lottery picks. I feel like we're going to get some heat for Isaiah Stewart not being off the board yet. This whole 2025 thing really has me, it's definitely changed some stuff for me, but I had Isaiah Stewart in my tier three. He's the only player left in my tier three. I'm up. So I'm going to take Isaiah Stewart and put him with Cade Cunningham. And then let's pause here. Any thoughts so far, Wes? We're two rounds in. Cade, Ivy, Bay, Bagley, Duran, Stewart. Each one of us has two players. I have Cade and Stewart. Omari has Ivy and Duran, the two picks from this class. You have Sadiq Bay and Marvin Bagley the third. What are your thoughts so far, Wes? I think you're sitting really good. You've got the only two uh, guaranteed starters, right, for, for day one of this season. And being that both Cade and Stewart are pretty young, I mean, you got to be feeling pretty good for three years from now. I'm feeling pretty confident. I mean, I know Mari's got the high upside guys with the rookies, but I mean, I know Bay can get me somewhere in that 15 to 18 a night range and then Bagley's a bucket. So I think I'm doing okay. You're probably in the best spot though. Which I should be, right? Like early on, I should be in the lead. Now things should level out as we go throughout the draft. Omari, how are you feeling? You got the two 2022 draft picks, lottery picks. Are you feeling pretty good about where where your team is at? Yeah, I feel good because the other thing I realized is that I think there's like a ball handling drop off once you get past K and Ivy. And I kind of thought about that because 2025, like Corey Joseph would be what, like 33, 34. And then, I mean, Killian is, is, is still there. So maybe whoever picks Killian can have some liberty as far as how Killian develops from here, you know, and by mighty probably becomes a Derek White type. And I just want to upside a little bit more. So curious where you go here, Bryce, given that you already have the best overall player in uh, Cade, so maybe you can be a little bit more flexible here in the direction you go. 
I mean, I kind of want to take Killian just to screw Wes over so Wes, <laughs> Wes doesn't have any ball hit. Like, he's going to have to go with Saban Lee or the the ghost of Corey Joseph whenever we're talking about 2025. But but I won't because I'm going to stick to my tiers that I put together, and I need to look up Alec Burke's age since this is what we do because Alec Burks is actually the highest-ranked player on my board right now, but he will be 34, 35. I'm going to take Isaiah Livers. I'm going Isaiah Livers here. With this pick, I may I, that may come as a shock to some people. I have Kate, I have the superstar, I have Stu. I think I can be pretty good defensively. I need to get some scoring, but I, I like what Isaiah Livers does. Um, three and D connector player. So I, I'm going to go Isaiah Livers with my pick. I did want Livers. This is where the lack of shooting on the roster really hurts. Yes, uh, because I think I mean it's got this team only has a handful of guys who can really shoot. So I feel like I pretty much have to go Alec Burks here, uh, given that, yeah, he will be 33, 34, because he'll probably put the ball in the hoop. Uh, can certainly play next to Ivy and career 38% shooter. So nothing else just to be able to knock shots down from outside. So, uh, ideally I probably want to win a different direction to be honest, but I just picked two guys who are, uh, either shaky shooters or, or non-shooters. So I pretty much have to take the last remaining guy who, um, is a career above average shooter. Real quick before you go, Wes, Amari right now, are you planning on playing Jaden Ivy as the point guard or off the ball? Cause I feel like right now your roster's coming together with Ivy as, as the PG. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Like, he is, like, I don't know if he's ever going to be a natural point guard, but I think he'll be good enough. And then especially with Duran just kind of giving you that vertical spacing, I think that kind of opens things up a little bit. So, yeah, maybe not the best shooting, not the best ball handling, but uh, as far as just having a vet who can shoot and then uh, the two most athletic players on the roster, uh, I'm just hoping that that kind of makes up that gap a little bit. Speaking of athleticism, I may not have went super athletic with my roster so far. I may, I may have to get some athleticism, some pop in there. But Wes, you are up. You are. We are actually at the end of the third round, so that means Wes is going to get to pick back-to-back here. I was really hoping for Burks to slip down there because he actually played a lot of point guard for the Knicks last that's year. That's true. That's true, um, yep. Yeah. So I was thinking, you know, get him some ball handling reps will be that vet presence, but I'm kind of stuck now. I'll go. It doesn't matter because I'm going back and forth, but just for the talking point, I'm going to do Hamadou Diallo. Wow. First. Okay. And I feel like he's going to give me some more defense and a little bit of athleticism to match up with Omari. And with Bay, he might be the best shooter on the roster anyway. Right. So if I can get him next to the two athletes, maybe Bay just handles the ball a little bit more like he was doing kind of mid to late in the season. I'll probably be looking okay. Uh, But then after that, I am going to take Killian Hayes because need a guard. Need someone that can dribble more. So I'm looking at your roster, Wes. You have Hayes, Diallo, Bay, and Bagley. Is that your one through four? Or is Bagley a five and Bay a four, Diallo a three? What, what, What are you thinking right now as you look at what's left out there and your current roster. Biggest issue with what I've got at the moment is going to be shooting uh, and spacing. So, you know, maybe I ought to be looking at shifting. There's not a lot of shooting left on the up a position. There's not a lot of shooting left on the board either. No, there's not. Well, there wasn't a lot of shooting on the board when we started, Bryce. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I believe I'm up next, right? Yep. Yep. You're up. So I have two guards. I have Duran. Uh, I really have no forwards unless you played Ivy up a position. This gets tough with the 2025 thing. Yeah, it does get tough. And I think you really kind of see the roster uh, deficiencies once you get past that top seven or so. Uh, not, like I already know, just the Detroit Bad Boys comments are going to be talked about Killian a lot. The fact that he went tough behind uh, a couple. Okay, of Okay, so uh, let's let's go real quick here. 
And because this happened, and I, I do want to say we had this idea going back a couple months. I don't want people to think we, you know, stole it from Bun and Cardigan and Locked On Pistons and, and changed it. We did have this idea, but obviously they've done some great stuff with all-time Pistons drafts. But I will say when you draft, it completely changes like just picking guys, like who the best player is. Like you have to draft guys to fit into a roster. And that's what makes it fun. We got me and Koo on Lockdown Pistons got cooked because we took Ben Wallace where we did. Well, you have to actually build out a roster that's functional and makes sense. So before you kill us for not taking Killian until number 10 or whatever it was, just remember we were trying to build out a roster with this. Yeah, You can still disagree, but just remember there's that aspect of it. I'm trying to help yeah. Amari think through his selection here as I <laughs> as I kill some time. Yeah, by all means, kill us. Uh, I embrace the I embrace the criticism personally. Uh, okay, so Corey Joseph will be 33 uh, three years from now. Kelly Olynyk will be 34 three years from now. Part of me is like, what if I just? I have Burks too. Yeah, and I do have Burks. Will be a little bit older, but like I'm just like, what if I cheat and I just say Kevin Knox is going to put it together and he's like the perfect. <laughs> Three and D, you know, wing. Uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. He's already four years in, so I don't think that would be fair. Like, I have no wings at all. This is this is not good. Um, I was just looking at my roster, and I, I'm going to have a major hole somewhere. So Yeah, it kind of just is what it is, right? You know, yeah. I'm going to go Kelly Olenek. I, uh, I think, you know, because he's another guy that can shoot. Uh, he can handle the ball a little bit as a five. I think you could play him and Duran together and not have a lot of issues if you just treat Olenek more as a stretch four. Also, I think him and Duran could have a little bit of a high-low game a little bit because I think Olytic does see the floor well enough to kind of push that. Uh, he will be 34, but, I mean, I think his game will still be fine. Uh, he'll still be able to shoot, still be able to do the stuff Kelly does. So, yeah, I'm going to go Kelly here. I have two uh, guard slash wings and then essentially two centers, but I think their skill sets contrast enough that you could make it work. My roster's in trouble. Uh, my roster is in <laughs> My roster is I, – I do not like – um, what I'm ending up with here. Let, I'm going to make one pick and then we'll go to break. And that'll let us regroup a little bit here as we go into the final round, which is, which is going to be tough, but I'm interested to see who gets left off. What three players or four. Yeah. Three players don't get drafted. I think I'm going to have to go with, I think I'm going to go Nerlens Noel with my pick. I'm going to play Stu at the four. I'm going to buy into him being able to shoot the ball and he provides some floor spacing. And so I'm going to go Nerlens Noel with the last pick of the fourth round. We are going to go to a short break right here. And then when we come back, we'll regroup. I will be on the clock to start off round five for our current Detroit Pistons roster draft. We'll finish that off and then we'll break down the rosters, do some superlatives and just see how this turned out. All right, hey, Carlos, just a quick idea. How about if I say, hey, this is Sean Windsor, and you say, hey, this is Carlos Maros, and I'll go, and then we'll go back. You want to you try that? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, you ready? Yep. Hey, this is Sean Windsor. And this is Carlos Menares. And we are the team behind Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean, where we are going to talk about, you guessed it, sports, but lots of other stuff. Like what, Carlos? Oh, we're going to talk about your favorite subject, Sean, food. Um, probably more food. 
arts, culture, sports, TV, movies, you name it. If it's happened in Detroit, we're going to talk about it. And sometimes we're going to have guests in who obviously know a lot more than we do about just about everything. But we're going to have some free press journalists who talk about big stories, folks from the sports world. We're going to be out every Thursday. You can find this podcast wherever you find your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We hope you'll join us. We'll lead off with Bryce, and then right after we'll go through our teams and uh, debate as unbiased or as biased as possible uh, which one would prevail the five on five game. So Bryce, go ahead and I kind of want to take what you were talking about, Omari, and just say that Kevin Knox is going to figure it out, and I can put him in the lineup, and he can provide floor spacing. But I just not sure I believe that. So I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Rodney Magruder, man. I'm going to okay. play. I'm going to take Rodney. I'm going to put him at the two for me. We'll, we'll, we'll break our lineups down, like you said, here once we finish off. But I, I'm, I'm going to take him. When he plays, he plays well. He can knock down shots. He's a good team player. I think I got a good defensive team going. So I'm going with Rodney Magruder for my final pick and to round up my five-player lineup. Uh, Corey Joseph is far and away the best remaining player here. So I'm just going to go ahead and take Joseph. In three um, years? In three years? Three years. He'll be 33. Uh, I guess to, to me, like, there's nothing he's doing now that shouldn't age well three years from now. Uh, we already know he can shoot it pretty well, Canada ball pretty well. Uh, he'll take ball handling pressure off of Ivy. Uh, he'll sure. need to ship Alec Burks up to the three a little bit more. Uh, so I have three guys who can handle the ball uh, to some extent, but it's just sort of an awkward three-guard rotation and then two centers I'm going with here but <laughs> Uh, but the main thing for me is I need three guys I can shoot and Corey Joseph can shoot and he can take pressure off of Ivy if Ivy's more of that combo guard instead of being a true one, which is, I think we all agree, he'll probably end up being. That's a pretty easy pick, honestly. I think, I think Corey Joseph was the best remaining player by yeah. a pretty significant margin. I mean, I don't, I know we're not supposed to get into this yet, but your backcourt isn't guarding anybody, Omari. Uh, no, no, it's not. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wes, I just want to say this before you go. I put my tiers together, right? So we had 18 players. I had them divided into seven tiers. I had 14 players, and then the last four were in my tier seven. So essentially it was like whoever got pick number 15 was getting somebody I didn't necessarily want to pick. So I am fascinated. And some of this is dependent on your team, where you can go. But I'm very, very interested to see who you select here. I'm in a rough spot. So what we've got left, we got Saban Lee, Kevin Knox, Buddy Bayheim, and Braxton Key. Yep. Um, <laughs> the only guy I got that can shoot. Is Sadiq. So that'd be your argument for Knox or, or Bayheim, right? Because theoretically, maybe they can get their form looks good. Who knows if it actually shows up? Saban Lee, you know, he can give me some more athleticism. Give me another ball handler that's not named Killian Hayes because he's all I have that can, you know, handle a pick and roll other than Sadiq occasionally. Um, and then, I mean, Braxton Key, just kind of the two way guy, right? Man, I'm kind of stuck here. Uh, <laughs> I like the idea of uh, Kevin Knox. Just screw it. I'm just going to go all size. I'm going to have everyone over 6'5 here. And Kevin Knox is, he's not even going to play defense. He's just going to figure out how to shoot threes from the corner and not move. And that's it. That's all I'm going to get from him. And I'm going to be happy about it. So Kevin Knox, let's go. I think you had to, to be honest with you. I think Braxton Key is probably the better player as we sit here today. But if you added Braxton Key to your lineup, Wes, with Killian Hayes, Hamadou Diallo, and Marvin Bagley, there's an argument that you only have one reliable, consistent three-point shooter. And, and I know some people are going to say, well, is Kevin Knox a reliable, consistent three-point shooter? I mean, 
no, he hasn't proven it yet, but at least that's his reputation. So I, I think that was where you had to go with where your roster was at. I really did think about Behan too, because that's his rep coming out of college. So, you know, I mean, yeah, he's a two-way guy, so it's a low success rate, but the chance of if he figures out and becomes a rotation guy, it's all on that three-point shot. So I did think about it, and it would have been interesting, but I feel like Knox is a little safer. So before we get to really the debates and breaking each other's teams down and going at each other, I know I already started it a little bit with Amari's uh, defensive backcourt, but uh, Amari, just just give the listeners your squad. You don't have to put it like in order of how you draft them, anything like that. Just give them your one through five. Let them know who you have just so we can recap this a little bit. Yeah, Corey Joseph. Well, I'm doing in order of position. Uh, yep. Corey Joseph, Jaden Ivey, Alec Burks, Kelly Olenek, and then uh, Jalen Dura, which I think is pretty balanced, honestly. Yeah, you got a little bit of shooting there. We, we will talk. One of the superlatives, I believe, is the best floor spacing team. So we'll discuss that. I think your your squad definitely has a chance for that. Wes, lay out your team for the listeners, one through five. I'm telling you, they're not going to win the best floor spacing team <laughs> uh, I've got. But uh, so I'll be running out. Killian Hayes there at the one. He's going to be a, a much better shooter this year. So he's going to really help me out there. I'll probably go Hami at the two. Knox at the three, Bay at the four, Bagley at the five. I went with Cade Cunningham at the one. I'm going to play Magruder at the two, Livers at the three. Since we're projecting all this three-point shooting, then Isaiah Stewart's going to also shoot the ball the way we think this season. He's at the four, and then I have Nerlens Noel at the five. So real quick, just for the listeners, just a breakdown of the, the, the order. Cade, Ivy, Bay, then it went Bagley, Duran, Stewart. At number seven was Livers, Burks, Diallo. That was round three. Round four was led off with Killian Hayes at number 10, KO Noel. And then the final round was Magruder, Joseph, and Knox was the final pick, leaving out Sabin Lee and the two two-way guys, Braxton Key and Buddy Beheim. I'll just give you guys a chance. Omari, as you look at those teams, maybe it's your own team, what's something that stands out, a positive or a negative? I kind of went at you for your backcourt. Is there something from another team where you're like, man, this team's really going to struggle, or I feel like this team really put it together well? Having Kate and Livers, uh, like I think both of those guys, I mean, Kate's Kate, obviously, but I think Isaiah Livers being a really good, I think, team defender and also being a pretty proven shooter. Those are two of, I mean, I think you could argue those are the two most maybe playable guys on the entire roster as far as you probably don't have to mix and max as much. You can put them out there with any lineup and uh, feel pretty good about it. I'd like that by, like, I do like that I got the two best athletes. Uh, the only other guy that could really jump with Duran is Duran as Noel. And I just think long-term, Duran's probably a little bit better. Uh, I think he has better hands, maybe slight up that as an advantage, a little bit bigger. I do like how I drafted. Like, I know that maybe Ivy over uh, Sadiq was more of an upside play, but I kind of looked at it like there's really, from a buy-handling standpoint, I think you kind of have to go Ivy that early because there's a pretty steep drop-off after just from an overall upside standpoint. Depending on how you feel about Killian, like maybe Killian gets the shot down and then he's like a high-level 3 and D point guard, which kind of shifts the thinking here a little bit. I also thought Bagley was a good pick by Wes, just given that, like we talk about what Bagley can't do, but in a game of 5-5, five and five, you need somebody like a score and rebound, and you know Bagley's going to give you that. Uh, maybe the defense isn't quite as significant as it would be over the course of 82-game season. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we all did a pretty good job, honestly. I'll give us all a pass on the back. 
Wes, what about you? What stands out to you as you look through all of our rosters in a positive or negative way? Probably most impressed with what you would put together, Bryce, after the top three with, you know, Cade and Stu and then Livers kind of in the middle. But I think here at the end of it, I think the best five-man team might be Omari's. Just looking at, you know, we're going to be three years in the future, so Ivy and Duran take those steps we, that we hope they can take. But then you got three really solid vets uh, that can surround them and, and kind of support and prop them up, helping that development too. I think that was probably pretty smart the way the last three picks turned out for Omari. And then obviously I'm, I'm very confident in my mind. So, you know, we're going to be great. <laughs> I mean, the, the thing with Amari's team is the age, right? So he does, he has two young guys who have huge upside. And then you get Joseph Burks and Kelly Olenek, who if they age, okay, then yeah. I mean, I mean, there's a strong argument for his team being the best team. Before we go to some of the others, I want to ask, what pick do you think we're going to get crushed the most by the fan base or the DBB comments or on Twitter? Which one do you think fans will be like, can't believe you took this guy that high, or I can't believe this guy lasted until this spot? Wes, what do you think the pick is going to be? He's going at at 10. The the three picks before him were Livers, Burks, and Diallo. And one of those picks was me just picking ahead because I had two in a row. So I, I could see, you know, some people preferring the upside of Hayes to Livers or Burks. And then with me specifically that I valued Diallo over Hayes, even in a head-to-head, I could see that getting killed online. Omar, what do you think? Is somebody go really high? I, I have to say, I wonder how much we're going to hear about you taking Jaden Ivey over Sadiq Bey. I, I don't feel like that was that controversial, <laughs> honestly. Like, again, I think when you just look at it from a ball handling standpoint, like you have Kate and Ivey sort of in their own tier. And I think we've seen enough of Killian at this point to where it's like maybe he's not uh, going to end up becoming like a star level player, which Ivey obviously has a great chance to become if things kind of break out right for him. Killian does have a chance still to be, I think, an above average starter or just even just like a high level role player, which maybe an above average starter is a high level role player. But anyway, uh, I think once you get past Cade and Ivy, uh, you certainly have to kind of draft for fit, right? And I think that's why Killian kind of gets pushed down because now you're inflating some other players like you need run protection. So obviously, Jenna Duran and Stewart are going to go five and six like we had. Obviously, Livers and Burks are going to go a little bit higher. People may say, why would you take Diallo over Killian Hayes? But it's like nine and ten. Is, I mean, you could put Hayes nine and Diallo ten. It doesn't really it doesn't really matter. You know, West kind of acknowledged that you need buying. So Killian's going to go in one of those spots anyway. I can see maybe some people having an issue with the Bagley pick. like I, because, But I just think if you look up and down the roster, I think Bagley and Killian might be the most divisive players. So no matter where they went, honestly, people were going to have an issue with it. Like if they went three and four, people would be like, oh, well, that's way too high or that's too low or whatever. So uh, I think that's just sort of inherent to the player necessarily more so than where they were picked. We took Marvin Bagley the third and Jalen Duran over Isaiah Stewart. I think that will yeah. be interesting to people that we value those two bigs in terms of this what we were doing here with this over Isaiah Stewart. And so I do think we'll get some comments on those. I'm also interested. I know there's some Braxton Key fans out there. So I'm interested if people are upset that Braxton Key didn't get picked. And if there's any Saban Lee uh, fans out there, you know, that he was a, there were a lot of Saban Lee fans 12 months ago. Now it does seem like that's cooled a little bit, but I, I think we'll have some people go, what do you mean there weren't enough ball handlers? You could have taken Saban Lee and let him run the show. Please let us know. By no means is this saying we don't want to hear. We want to hear. We, we love the engagement. So 
DBB comments, leave a review. If you leave a rating and a review, put it in there, hit us up on Twitter, send an email, let us know. I'm sure we'll put out a Twitter poll. If Wes reminds me later in the week with the teams and we'll see what, you know, what Twitter thinks about it, but let's go through some of this before we do sheet or sham. And the first thing is who has the best floor spacing team? I mean, I think it's between me and you, Bryce. Uh, I uh, agree. I agree. Yeah. Like I mean, Burks, KO, Kojo, uh, average above average shooters. And then Ivy, I think we'll probably set around average. So I guess at some level, I probably have four players who can shoot. And then you have K, K shot like 21% last year, but I think we all figured that'll go up as he's surrounded by more talent. Uh, Isaiah Stewart, I think we all feel pretty good about him becoming at least average. Uh, well, I don't know about at least average, but maybe around average. Isaiah Livers can shoot, obviously, and then Ronnie McGruder can also shoot it. Yeah, Wes, like you have to, to beat Bay who can shoot it. Um, and then you kind of have to, uh, pump for the best. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's the same, me and Bryce. Wes, break the tie here. Uh, I, I think you would agree that your team is not in the running for the best floor spacing. So you're, you're an honest man. You're unbiased here. You break the tie between Amari and I's team for best floor spacing. Yeah, I'll break this tie, and I think I'm going to win the next one uh, if we're going in order. But So I think it's really close. I think Burks, KO, and Kojo are established shooters, and then there's a world where Ivy's average. So I think I'm going to give the edge to Omari just because I, I feel like you can count on Livers and Magruder for sure to shoot a high percentage. And then Cade's going to give you good volume, and I don't know if he's going to get up close to that 40 number. So I think I'd lean – to your squad, Omari, on the best floor spacing, but it's close. I actually agree. If if you had to make me be honest and unbiased, I think Omari's by a little bit. I don't think it's a lot. I do think it's close, but I, I would have picked Omari's. Okay, so the one Wes is a talk, talking about here, which team is the most quote-unquote Detroit team? Who has the most Detroit team of the five or of the three teams that we picked? Wes, I'll let you go first because I think you want to make an argument for your squad. Yeah, well, so I've got Hayes and Diallo in the backcourt, and Diallo's going to fall asleep off ball, but those two are just going <laughs> to smother you on the ball, okay? And I think the, the one really underrated factor here that, that might not get talked about is Bagley has an afro, and that really fits <laughs> in, too. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Yeah, that was a curveball. I was going to say, I don't know if I see it, but uh, the afro, okay. I think I'm going to go Bryce, honestly. Yes. I think I think Isaiah Livers – I'm sorry, uh, Isaiah Stewart will – you know, eventually kind of occupy that Dennis Rodman, Mick, Rick Bohorn, Ben Wallace sort of enforce a row. We saw it this a bit last season, and I think as the Pistons get better, uh, he'll become a little bit more, I guess I would say, renowned for that. I think he'll occupy that role pretty naturally. Uh, and then Kay Cunningham, I mean, like he would have bust on draft night, so that's, I mean, that's just a very, very high bar. Like, I think my team has a, a, a chance, like Jaden Ivey, obviously, with the, you know, Detroit ties with his family. And you have think, Corey Joseph. You nobody's voting for your team to be the most Detroit team with Corey Joseph in the. No, right I think now. so. I think I think it's a small vocal minority of fans who don't like Kozer. I think most fans are indifferent or like him for what he brings. <laughs> uh, you know, of course, I'm probably saying that because he's on my team, but I think it's a small minority of fans. But I'm gonna like I'm gonna get Bryce tonight here just because he has Kate with the buffs and then Isaiah Stewart. I think that's an, an insurmountable lead. Yeah, I mean, I got Cade, Stewart, Livers played at U of M. Magruder's like a journeyman, like fits that mold. So I, I, I want to ask this. I don't know that we specifically had this. Who has the best defensive team? Who do you guys think? Because I think I have a strong argument 
for the best defensive team with Caden Magruder and then Livers and Stewart and Nerlens Noel, although he's a drop coverage big, is still good, protects the rim on the defensive end. I think my team has a chance to really guard. Yeah, I agree. I think it's Bryce as well. Uh, I think Isaiah Stewart's probably the best overall rim protector on the roster. Not just rim protection, but also being able to switch and whatnot. Yeah, de- de- defensively, I think he's probably the most well-rounded player on the entire roster. K can defend. We saw this first last season. I think with like any player who has an offensive load, you know, it's going to come and go. Uh, but K can defend. He's got the tools to be a good defender. Uh, Isaiah Livers, uh, I mean, he looked like an all-defense guy in summer league, which is summer league, but he has the tools to be a good defender as well. Nerlens McGritter, uh, both work really hard on defense, and Nerlens, good shot blocker. So my backcourt is not that great defensively. I will <laughs> say I, I think I think Ivy has a chance to be an above-average defender just because of the size and athleticism, but uh, that's something he has to kind of hone in on. Uh, Duran may end up becoming the best peer rim protector on the entire roster, but, you know, again, I think you kind of have to project a little bit. Burks, K.O. Kozo, pretty well-established uh, guys you want to build defensively around. So, yeah, I mean, I think you can make a good argument for Wes's team as well. So uh, I would probably vote for Bryce, but I think Wes can make a strong argument in favor of his team. So shifting gears here, who, which one of us is going to be the fastest paced team? Which one of our squads is best suited to get out and run, push the ball, and go? I got Hayes, Diallo, and Bagley, and all of them are going to want to sprint. I mean, Knox and Bay can keep up with it. So, and – Bryce, for yours, I mean, Cade, he's a little more meticulous, right? He's good in the fast break, but he'd like to slow it down. So I think, I don't know, maybe, maybe you could make an argument of who's going to be best in the, in the fast break, but mine's probably going to do it the most. Yeah, I actually think Wes's team probably fits it the best. I mean, even Kevin Knox, that probably would be better to get out in transition and not just play in the half court. I agree, Amari's team has Ivy and Duran, but then you got those other guys who may not be best suited for that. I think my team could do it at times, but I, I think we would probably be more keen to play in the half court. And I think the roster fits that. To, to me, it's hand down. Wes's team should play the fastest. I don't know about hands down. I mean, I do have the best <laughs> southeast on the roster. I mean, you only need you only need two guys for a successful fast break, and really, you only need one depending on how fast he is. No, I give it to Wes. I give it to Wes. <laughs> All right. I, I like the competitiveness. Fight for your team, Amari. Don't let me say hands down. <laughs> Last one before we take a short break here. Did any of you guys have a theme as you went? Did you come into the draft with a theme or did a theme develop as you assembled your team? Or was it essentially just like whatever happens, haven't, and, and I'll take the best player available? Like, Amari, did you go and I want to draft a defensive team or a shooting team or anything like that? Or did you just kind of let it lay out the way it happened? I was hoping uh, that I'd be able to start Fever Cade or Ivy uh, okay. just because I think you just need uh, above average to elite or a ball guy. And those are the two players who uh, either are that or have the best chance to become in that. So I kind of went in like if I get the first or second overall, if I get the first pick, it's Cade. If I get the second pick, it's Ivy. If it's the third pick, I hope Ivy falls to me. So I think me and Wes were sort of opposites there. Uh, yes. where Wes was hoping for Bay. And I think for me, if it wasn't Kate, then I had to have Ivy as my centerpiece. Uh, beyond that, I think it's just sort of come as you go. Not necessarily a thing, but just more so getting the most well-rounded roster. Like during, uh, for me, it was like I could have went Isaiah Stewart there. But I also tried to keep in mind it's a game of five on five. So there's some stuff that, okay, like Isaiah Stewart's skill set's good at the playoffs over 82-game season. That stuff is important. But in a game of five on five, like one game, who wins? I'm like, just yeah, that's an advantage. It's going to be hard for the team to match up against. Um, and to get two of the best athletes, the two best athletes on the roster for me was a pretty big priority. And then beyond that, just get shooting. So it was less fit and just more so. I need to be able to space the floor for those guys. 
Yeah. I'll just say real quick. And then Wes, you can finish this up here. I had my tier list and I kind of just tried to stick to my tier list. Obviously I had to start fitting guys into spots. You know, I had Kate as the primary ball handler, so I didn't necessarily want to get another one. I really did consider killing Hayes, but I had my tears and I kind of just stayed to that the best I could. So Wes, I, I feel like you probably had a calculated plan. I don't know if that went out the window whenever you got the third pick or not, but did you have a plan? Were you able to stick to it or what did it end up being? Oddly enough, I actually just expected to be picking third. I don't know why. <laughs> I just woke up this morning and feeling I'm like, I'm picking third. I'm going to two in a row. Uh, but I was very confident in the two picks being Bagley and Ivy. So when Omari went Ivy, it kind of threw everything off and out the window. And I really, I mean, I kind of thought about taking Bagley and Burks and leaving Bay, even though it would have killed me. Because as soon as I had Bay and Bagley, I was playing from behind the whole way. I mean, after that, Duran, Stu, Livers, Burks all went off, and I was hoping maybe to snag him, Burks, that is. So I started with a plan, and then I just I just had to fill some holes after those first two. Oh, that, that's how it really plays out, I assume, on draft night and throughout the offseason. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this. It was a lot of fun for us putting it together. It's the offseason, so we thought it was the perfect time. We are going to go to a short break here, and then when we come back, Wes is going to lead us off through some fun Sheeter Sham with Detroit Pistons and maybe even a few non-Pistons-related questions. I'm Alyssa Robinson for the Detroit Free Press. When you wake up every morning, what's the first thing you do? Check your email? Me too. And when you sign up for our daily briefing newsletter, you'll get all the latest news sent directly to your inbox so you can wake up and be ready for the day. We also have newsletters about COVID-19 in Michigan, the latest entertainment headlines, as well as Woodward 248, a newsletter specifically for people living and working in Southeast Oakland County. And don't forget about automotive headlines and all the latest news from our Michigan sports teams. We have a newsletter for every personality and preference. Just head to freep.com forward slash newsletters to sign up for any one of these great options and more. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, we're going to be going through some cheater sham here. So just a reminder of what the game is. It's a true or false game. I'm going to read off a fact or a stat, and Bryce and Omar are going to tell me if it's sheed, true, or sham, false. Uh, last time we played this, Bryce, you lost. Omari, you won. So, Shocker. you know, this is either for a tie or Omari can really expand this lead. So you got a lot of pressure. I, I just assume it's always going to be rigged in Omari's favor. So it is what it is. I'll, I'll, I'll overcome the adversity. First one, uh, Omari, I'll ask you first since you won uh, last time we played. So Alec Burks played 81 games last season. That's true. He started 44 of those. That's also true. Sheet or Sham, both of those numbers are career highs for Alec Burks. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Sheet because he is like, he's been a role player basically his entire career. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go Sheet. I'm going to go Sheet. 81 games. I feel like the average, the average number of games the average NBA player plays is probably less than that per year. So Sheet. Yeah, I'm going to say Sheet as well. That was my first instinct was, was that with Sheet? Yeah. So that was Sheet. It was actually close. Uh, games played. His next highest was, was 78, okay. um, but I might be getting you on the, the starters, uh, starting games, because he really only uh, – his next career high, sorry, in starting games before that season was just 27. So he's pretty much always been a bench gunner and varying levels of, of injuries throughout the years. Yeah, was I that did. 27 his rookie season? No, it was his fourth season. So he okay. – year three, he played his previous career high 78 games, played really well. 
the following season, he had a lot of fill-in starts uh, and got the 27. I was going to say, the only reason I kind of knew the game started was I looked it up a few weeks ago, a month ago, when we were talking about lineups. And I'm like, I feel like Alex Burks may be okay coming off the, the bench because that's something he's done throughout his career. It's something he's used to. All right, so so far we're tied. Oh, yeah, so far we're tied. I think this one might break it, though. So we all know Cade last year had some foul trouble. Sheet or Sham, Cade Cunningham led the Pistons in total personal fouls last season. So not per game, total. Sham. I'm trying to think. Uh so one, I would guess Kate probably played around, I would guess he played around 64 games. And we know Sadiq played all 82. But as far as actual games played, I would guess that Kate might have been probably top four. Amari's over there scribbling, doing his multiplication on the pen and paper. Make sure you carry the three, Amari. See, no, that's a good one. That's why I like Sheeta Sham, because the stuff you don't even think about. And it's like, okay, no, I'm Wes, Wes is so good at this. I love yeah. it. He's so good at this. Total personal fouls. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. She because there were games when he picked up like those early tic tac files, and then like there were games where he probably played like 29, 28 minutes just because they're trying to save him to the end because he was like the go to closer. You know, I'm, I'm sure he was one of the, the, the leaders of minutes played because uh, everybody had injuries except Sadiq. Uh, but yeah, that just makes sense. I'm gonna go. She sham. Ooh. So Isaiah Stewart actually has the total. He was at 211. I was going to say, I bet Stewart okay. played enough games to uh, to have that. So I was think Stu was the player I had in my head that would have more. Yeah, you know, so I don't remember Isaiah Stewart being in foul trouble as much, but just because of his role, he's probably – plus bigs tend to pick up fouls more anyway just because of, you know, their role on defense, usually in position to pick up more fouls. Okay, yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. Well, and what I thought was really interesting was in terms of personal fouls per game, Cade was in the lead. Oh yeah, but it was three point one to Stewart's three, so even oh. that was really close. Okay, okay. huh? So I would assume that Isaiah Stewart might have played more minutes overall, and that probably made up the gap. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Bryce, you've got the lead. Uh, you got two. Omari has one. So our next one, uh, Omari, I'll ask you this one first. Trey Lyles averaged more points per thirty-six minutes in his time with the Pistons than Cade Cunningham. Sheet or Sham? For 36 minutes. See, like, oh. this is hard because, like, they went through COVID and people were hurt and it screwed up a lot of stuff from a statistical standpoint. So You're going to get was... crushed for this one, Wes. Well, I might get crushed too, depending on what I say. I already know what I'm going to say. All right. Uh, this is a... <laughs> it's sheed, like... Sheed, Sheed, Yeah, this is one of the ones where it's like because... He's overthinking like... it. You always got him overthinking it. Yeah, because Wes asked it, it's probably true. Because, like, why else would it be a question? And Kate, like, I'm assuming Kate probably averaged, like, 33 minutes. And I would assume Trey Lyles probably averaged, like, maybe 26. So. You can't say, you can't say Sheed or your Twitter mentions are going to blow up. You can't do it, Omar. You better but say Sheed. She, but you already said Sheed. So we're going down together. You have, like, five times more followers than me. Mine aren't going to blow up that much. Yeah, but I haven't been reading my mentions the past few weeks. So, <laughs> you know, it's like if a tree falls in the forest, so no one hears it, did it fall, right? Um, yeah. All right, I'm, all right, I'm also going to go Sheed. Final answer. Okay, it was Sheed. And again, very close. Uh, Lyles was 19.3. Okay. Cade was 19.2 points wow. per 36. And okay. Bagley was also at 19.2 at his time with the Pistons. Yeah, I was like, it's probably going to be close. I'm like, Cade's per 36 is not going to be that much higher than his regular average so yeah all right so bryce has a one-point lead right i do okay so we're gonna go to a little pistons history here okay so 
Joe Dumars is the franchise leader in years played with the Pistons. Okay, that's true. He's also the franchise leader in games played with the Pistons. Again, that is true. So the question is, cheat or sham, Joe Dumars is also the franchise leader in minutes played with the Pistons. Pricey first. Sham. You said sham so fast. You must already know the answer. No, I don't know the answer. That's why I said it so fast. I was just like, there's nothing that's going to go through my head. Like, I'm not going to be able to calculate anything to figure out. Well, I'm going to go cheat because I don't, I'm not sure who else would lead the franchise. But it's probably some random dude who played in the 60s or something. I don't know. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to cheat on that one. Sham, Amara, you're going to be upset with yourself. It's Isaiah Thomas who beat him by almost 400 minutes played. Okay, interesting. Okay. Only played one less year, only played 39 less games, but 400 more minutes because he averaged a ton of minutes per game. Okay, I can see that. Maybe uh, I would assume that maybe early in their careers, there's a big enough disparity that if you cut that off, maybe the answer would be different. But all right, cool. Now I'm not down two points, so I got it. I got it. That one hundred. You'll you'll make up for it in the movie round. I doubt it. We'll see. <laughs> all right, uh, Bryce, for the next one. Oh, and, and before I jump into that, you've got all four right. Actually, and Amari's only gotten two. So you got a two-point lead here. My back was against the wall. I got to overcome adversity here with you guys, you know, teamed up against me. So I'm stepping up to the challenge. Trying to preserve my lead here. It's okay. And this is going to be an opportunity, Amari. I crafted this question in the Sheeter Sam lab for Bryce, for you specifically. Okay? So I'm, def- I'm asking it to you first. Sheeter Sham, Isaiah Thomas averaged more minutes per game in his time with the Pistons than Allen Iverson. She. I'm going to go Sham because because Isaiah Thomas's uh, teams on average were a lot better than that Allen Iverson team in 2008-2009. So I would imagine Isaiah, like Allen Iverson, probably played like 34 minutes a game. It wouldn't shock me if Isaiah Thomas were slightly under that because you have Joe Dumars who's sharing ball handling stuff and. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Sean. Wait, hold on. Repeat the, the, the question again. No, no, so no, saying, no, no, no. He, wait, put, you know, he put in his answer already. Yeah. Let's go. I'm just, let's I'm, go. I'm, I'm just making sense. So we're saying, yeah, we're saying Isaiah Thomas averaged more minutes per game than Isaiah Thomas, right? Than Allen Iverson. Isaiah Thomas averaged more minutes per game than Allen Iverson, Sheet or Shan. Yeah. And Bryce said? Sheet. 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 I'm saying Sham. I'm saying Sham. I said Sheet. Omari said Sham. Yeah. It's Sham. But it's very close. So Isaiah Thomas, he played a ton. He actually averaged thirty-six point three minutes per game. Allen Iverson in that one season, thirty-six and a half. Gosh, yeah, I was gonna say, cause who else was he sharing ball handling responsibilities with? Like, yeah, Roddy Stuckey, but I'm trying to think. Like, did they have Chucky Atkins? Like, uh, like I just uh, maybe. I mean, he was all off ball. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just feel like they're probably running in. I don't know, I was into the ground because they had no other choice. So uh, I figured it would, it would be close, but yeah, I feel pretty good about that one. Next one, uh, Omari, you first. And this is another kind of a little bit of an obscure one, but so the Pistons have had three players recently who have done some short stints with the team and then inducted to the Hall of Fame based on, you know, other aspects of their career. And again, these are all pretty recent. So we just talked about Bryce, your guy, Allen Iverson, right? The other guy, Michigan man, Chris Weber, who is the third kind of random player that had a stint with the Pistons and now he's a Hall of Famer. Recently, so we're talking past, you know, 20, 15 years. That's not super recent, but you know what I mean. And he had a brief stint with the Pistons. We think he only played like a season or less. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a short stint. But it was a big name. End of his career in the twilight. Uh, recently, it does a ton of fame. So now I'm just going through the list of players who had short Because the Pistons had a lot of guys who were like Hall of Famers, but they got them at the tail end when they were like 
role players or barely role players? I have no idea, so I'm not like. All right, Tracy McGrady. I don't know. Tracy McGrady. He played one year. It was the second to the last season with the Pistons. It was in 2010. Wait, he who was it? 72 games, actually. You got it right. It was McGrady. It was okay. It was C Mac. That's what I thought. I was like, yeah, like it's it's got to be uh McGrady. Like who else? Would he had it be? a good year. It was like eight points, three and a half assists, three and a half rebounds, twenty three minutes a night. Like he actually played some solid ball for only being in the league one more season. Yeah, no, he was like a solid role player that season. Like he wasn't like prime T Mac, but I remember him being just a really good all around solid role guy. Like that team wasn't that good, but he was probably one of the better players on that team for sure. And we're yeah. now back to Todd. I know. There, yeah. there goes the, the lead. I know. And, and okay, and he, and he was, I, I went on to look it up after. He was inducted to the Hall of Fame five years ago, which probably just slipped my mind. But I was like, it's got to be T Mac. Like I'm thinking of all the guys around that time. Like T Mac's the only one that checked that box. So I just, I just missed that he was inducted to the Hall of Fame. So shout out to T Mac. Uh, definitely was one of the bright spots on that team that was not fun to watch at all. And I would love because I probably watched 80 of those 82 games because I was in high school and had nothing else better to do. All right. So uh, for the end, we're going to move to some movie quotes. Uh, Oops, sorry to cut you off. Sorry to cut you off, but I got the last two right. So that means me and Bryce are tied now, right? Yeah. There we yeah, go. You guys are tied. Bryce just let the whole yeah. lead evaporate. And I think AI won, Bryce. That's what I, I thought get- was a shooting for you. That's what I got for talking trash. So I, I, I should have <laughs> known better. Well, all right, we're going to some movie quotes. I, you know, you guys are both going to have have a good shot with this one, I think. So it should be interesting. The way we're going to go, I'm going to read off a quote. We're going to alternate who gets the first response, uh, and then if they get it wrong, then the other person can take the guess at it. And whoever gets it right gets the point. So, uh, for example, if I say I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore, Bryce, you would say the Wizard of Oz. Exactly. Yep. So that's how we're going to go through all of these. I'm going to ask. Omari, you get the first quote. The quote is, so this is how Liberty dies with thunderous applause. What's the movie? Bryce is like, oh, come on. This this is easy. No, this is like, I have no idea what he's uh, talking about. I've heard the quote, but I don't know what the movie is. I'm just going to throw out. I don't know. I actually don't know what it is. I'm going to go with 12 Angry Men. I do not know. All right, Bryce, you get a shot. This, is, not- this was some Twitter conversation the other day about this series of movies. So I thought maybe, maybe one of you would get it. Is it Star Wars? Star Wars Episode Three. Yeah, oh, really? I've okay. literally well, never. Palpatine took over. I've literally never watched Star Wars in my life, not a second. Dang, kind of let Bryce get that one. Granted, I've not seen the original trilogy since I was a like, well, not the original trilogy, but the second trilogy that was the prequel. Pre-post. I haven't watched it since I was a kid because I don't remember enjoying them that much back then. So I don't know. All right, I, okay, I gave that All one up. Bad start. Bad start. Off to Bryce. I'm giving you the point though because you got Star Wars, so. Well, we'll go with it. And now, now you're up. Uh, the quote is "Get busy living or get busy dying." What movie is that from? Shawshank, Red- Shawshank Redemption. Bingo! That's what Red said. Yep. Right. There you my, go. One of my all favorite right. movies of all time. Best movie of all time. I'll say it. I'm up next. Let's do it. Honey, where's my super suit? <laughs> oh, come on, The Incredibles. Yeah, exactly. I do. I try to keep this one kind of easy. You know, some some famous ones. That was just a real bad start. All right, Bryce, uh, you're next. You're either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. You got to name oh, the movie. The Dark Knight. Yes. I didn't want you like naming Batman or yeah, something. Yeah. And then, no. then just getting the cheapo one. Man, that would have been, been a bad one to miss after all the debates we've had on here. If I didn't know that one, that would have been a bad one to miss. Bryce has seen like five movies ever if he, if he gave him two of them. <laughs> well, I can't just pick stuff I know he's never seen. I got to give him a shot. 
No, we can absolutely fix that if he's never seen it. What? Oh, no. Sorry, Omar, you're up. Now Omar's complaining about it being rigged. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Omari, what's that from? Uh, National Treasure? National Treasure. Okay. I was cool. going to be upset if you got that wrong. All right. It's like the only good Nick Cage movie. Yeah. Facts. This is the last one. Bryce, if you get it, you win. If you don't, we're tied. And I don't have tiebreakers, so you got to get it. All right, this is from a comedy. Play it's from like, I think it's from the 80s, but it's a very famous line. The line is there are 106 miles to Chicago. We have a full tank of gas, half pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. What is the movie? No clue. See, now this is a grenade for both of us because there are people who like only watched 80s comedies growing up. And then there's people like me who didn't really watch any of them because my parents didn't really watch them. And they it's were... an SNL movie. What's that? It's one of the few successful SNL movies. SNL. Listeners are going to have to kill us if, if you don't get this. Yeah, I'm just going to have to get uh, dumped on. Uh, yeah, I don't even know. Like, I'm not like a, I'm like, I love SNL. There are people who live and breathe, like the cast members and all that. Uh, I don't know. I didn't watch all the SNL growing up either. So I'm just going to, just like a well known 80s comedy, you said, right? So. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. But this he one made probably... an appearance in a Drake and Josh episode. Oh, That's kind of, okay. you would have been a little old, or would that be your time of war? I don't know. No, I, they, like, I was they, like, they, they like redid. Yeah. Like, I've seen There you go. Yeah. So, Drake and Josh themselves did a, a little music number from the, from the movie. But here's the kind of impersonated it. So, Drake and Josh was from like 2003 to six or whatever. So, I was like mm-hmm. third or sixth grade. And uh, I'll tell you right now, if there was like a Riverside 80s movie, like it completely went over my head. Like I probably thought it was a Drake and Josh original. It was a musical number. Like I don't even remember any musical numbers in Drake and Josh. Black like, suits. Black suits, big fedora. Oh, 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 Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers. Yeah, okay, there we go. I got it. Okay, yeah, that jogged my memory. There we go. All right, it's a tie. I don't know what to do about that. I got no backups. Me and Amari could play rock, paper, scissor through the video and see who wins or something. But yeah, uh, that's cool. How about this? Next time we play not get Next time we play, it's worth two. Yeah. So the first question will be worth yeah, yeah. two. Like, yeah. How about first question for the next one settles the tie and it's okay. going as normal? Yeah, perfect. Yeah, so like so have, have a really good one for the next time we play. That'll that'll win this one. And then we'll play it again. We're definitely gonna have this in the next couple of weeks. It's always fun. I think the listeners like it. I had a lot of fun this episode. I hope the listeners did. Omari, take it home, my friend. All right. Awesome. Uh, yeah, fun episode. Uh, hopefully we'll do a lot more fun episodes until we uh, count down the tra- days to training camp toward the end of September. Uh, and uh, I feel like I should have won that sheet of shine on the, like, thanks for Wes for helping me out a little bit. You gave perhaps a couple of day up, so I'm glad I saved it even up toward the end. Uh, anyway, anyway, I'll stop boasting. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening once again. Uh, thanks to Carrie Jerry the second, our editor, executive producer, Antoinette Delgado, and our sports editor Kirkland Crawford and also shout out to Wes uh, who is on this episode so uh, I'm going to shout you out anyway Uh, thanks again everybody for listening and we'll see you next week